0: This episode of The Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Shaving and Audible.com.
1: You are listening to The Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way. Well, I still got time to save my reputation.
0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Scoff Law Podcast, the podcast for the Rebel and the Renaissance man. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder, and with me in person is Donovan Fowler. And joining me from the Great White North is John G. Goodman. Messing with the show notes. How are you guys doing? John, for those of you who can't see, which none of you can see, John started typing some stuff in the show notes while I was doing the intro, which is why I screwed up. So sorry.
2: It's it's uh it's not it's not appropriate for all ages. Um, let's, appropriate is boring. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start out with a little
0: bit of housekeeping. I am mm. drinking some uh Bullet Bourbon the 10 year age um and it's uh delicious. How about you Donovan? What do you got there?
2: Mm, I'm drinking some uh Smoky Fenlagon. Mm. That's not the full name. It's actually just Fenlagon, but nice. it it has a smoky flavor to it.
0: And how about you John? No. Diet Coke. Nice sound
2: effects. As long as it's not Coke Zero.
0: You know, if you go enough episodes without uh, without a, a a stiff drink, people are going
2: to think that you're a teetotaler. Maybe I am. Maybe, maybe I am. Maybe you are. I heard a story the other day, actually, about hold we'll on, give it oh, one. hold
0: hold on. hold that thought. Let I me finish housekeeping. Interrupt. Me.
2: Hold okay, that yeah, thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right, I
0: gotta I gotta say what I'm smoking here, and then that, that way we, we can move on. Right? Let's let's get on with it. I, I am smoking uh, Frog Morton Cellar. In my uh, Peterson uh, Sherlock
2: pipe. I'm just smoking. Shout out to Sherlock fans everywhere. Not the Benedict Cumberbatch one. And, and it shout comes out
3: to Jim Carrey from The Mask. It's actually a pretty
0: good little, it's like an English blend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like an English blend that has a little bit of a whiskey flavoring me, in it. Let me smell that. And there's actually a whiskey, um, a piece of a, vi- a whiskey a barrel in it. Um, to kind of flavor it mm, and scent it, smells like
2: so, smells like barbecue,
0: like barbecue, right? Yeah, it's good stuff. We have um a great guest coming up later. Um, his name is Bobby Handline, and he coined himself the well-done comedian. Um, what, and whatever f- could that mean? <laughs> and for those of you who don't know his work yet, he is actually a badass who fought in Iraq in the Iraq War twice. To, uh, well, actually, he fought. I think, in Desert Storm and then did like three or four tours in in Iraq. But um, he got burned by IED. And so he is a burn survivor, um, hence the the name Well Done Comedian. And he's absolutely hilarious. And let's play a little clip of his stand-up right now. um, And we're going to have him on later.
4: (laughs) I am a burn survivor. Thank you, I've been extinguished for years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, thank you, I've been extinguished for years. It's okay, thank you. No, um, I don't know if you guys know, I'm burnt over 38% of my body. And uh, yes, I do expect a uh, discount on my cremation. <laughs> 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 no, I, did, um, I was in the army and I did four tours in Iraq. Woo-hoo! Thank you, thank you. Thank you, no, I I love my job, but like seriously, folks, that last tour was a real blast. (laughs) 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 That's right, my home V got blown up by a roadside bomb. It's crazy that it took me four tours and IED just to figure out my lucky number was three. (laughs) (laughs) No, two weeks later, I wake up in the hospital. First thing a doctor says to me, he says, your wife's here. like, really? My wife's here, doc? Don't you think I've been through enough? (laughs) (laughs) No, she's a good lady. She stayed with me, took care of me and everything, but you married people know what I'm talking about, right, guys? The nagging, the bitching. I don't know about you guys, but I've had enough third degree. (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy over, it's been sort of six years now over the last six years I've had 46 skin graft surgeries now, I don't know if you guys know what that is but basically take good skin from one part of your body to replace the burnt skin another part like essentially they make a skin quilt out of you <laughs> like I've had so many skin grafts I can't tell my ass from my elbow these days <laughs> <laughs> like for instance they took my stomach and they put it on top of my head and I got to put lint down my ears I get a headache when I eat too much. (laughs) And that's not even the worst of it. I have a butt face, taint lips and I got a manscape, my crotch eye. (laughs) Which is obviously left when it's uncircumcised. careful, I get excited, my eyeball pops out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what they say, once you go cooked, you're hooked. <laughs> 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 now, um, I also suffer from PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's kind of hard to explain what that is to a lot of people. But you get numb, you get angry, sometimes you just get mad for no reason at all. Right, ladies, it's kind of like PMS. Right? It's kind of like PMS, except PTSD is real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right.
0: So uh, we'll have him on. He's a hilarious guy. Uh, So stay tuned for that
3: later. So, uh, anything else happened in your guys' weeks? I was reading today about some gorilla that's loose in the wild in LA. What? Yeah, some what, guy was out for a walk. This,
2: I have not heard about this uh, this monkey running around. What, out there. what happened?
3: He, he heard something in the trees and he started filming. He didn't see anything at the time, but when he replayed the footage later, there's something swinging in the trees and it looks like, uh, you know, some sort of primate. Oh, man.
0: Maybe it's Bigfoot. <laughs> I got to be careful when I go on my hikes now. I mean, first, I mean, there's rattlesnakes, tarantulas, bobcats. How many tra- lions <laughs> how many tarantulas have you encountered on
2: your hike i
0: have not seen them but I, I i had somebody who told me um before getting on the trail um they were like the person the person that works at the the park the, what do you call it the park ranger mm. he said um careful it's tarantula season and they'll be out crossing the road looking for girlfriends I
2: bet you use was little, So tarantulas don't look for girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <They> just, <laughs> well, I think that they're kind of elusive unless they're mating, is what he was hinting Maybe. at. So
2: I, I've never seen a tarantula out here, and I actually have never seen a gorilla in the wilderness either. So I'm going to call both of you liars. <laughs> no, uh, I was actually uh, I was out in the in the wilderness late at night the other night. Um, I was on a night hike with my with my buddies, and uh, and that was actually, I wasn't worried about gorillas, but it certainly struck me as we were going through the forest. It was super dark. And, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not foreign to that, but it did strike me. I was like, we're prime for a mountain lion right now. You you know, prey, you know, prime yeah. prey. You know what I uh, was reading
0: that you should do? And I don't know, don't, and nobody quote me on this because this is, I'm not the authority on safety, is get one of those tasers. <laughs> have a flashlight on it, mm-hmm. so you can use it as a flashlight. And if those things come by; those sparks, I guess, really scare animals. Away. Really, yeah. On the Taser, I wonder
2: if that would work with a with a mountain lion. I always I always try to freshen up on what to do with mountain lion. I I remember. I mean, the two things I remember is that you're supposed to make yourself big. So if you have like a jacket on, you're supposed to like take the flaps and like you know bring them up, and then <laughs> and then uh, you you never run from a mountain lion no. because if you start running. It, it basically knows that you're prey. You
0: know, that sounds like a... A great
3: uh, rumor made up by mountain lions. <laughs> I, I, I've seen the movie at the edge. I, I think all we really need to have. We're going to kill the bear. To have the- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kill the bear. Say it. Say it. I'm going to kill the
2: bear. Then if you don't have a jacket, you could make one. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. no. Well, you just have to find a grizzly bear before you meet the mountain lion. I know. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I think after all my, uh, after all my, um, research on, on on mountain lions and bears and, and how to avoid them. It it basically comes down to luck. You know, I, I think you're you're either lucky or you're not because it does seem like the consensus is this might work, but I mean think about playing dead for example. Like when they do you say, have
0: a chance to experiment with that? That's they, what I want to yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Well, where they, does
2: the trial and error most, come in. Most, of, I'm sure, most of it comes from people who have survived the attacks, and and usually those people are mauled beyond recognition. And that's like, <laughs> that's, like that's like that's where like the uh, you know play dead thing comes from. It's like okay, you're gonna play dead, but the thing is probably gonna tear your ass apart in the meantime <laughs> so you can just hope for the best in the meantime mm. um bear it didn't work maybe? out too well for uh, that timothy treadwell fella that's true but he tried to hug the bear that was the thing you can't do that uh,
3: He went too far He pushed his limits He was That's he, how you become A hot lunch He
2: was really uh, That he, guy
0: all, He just didn't realize That that bear Was homophobic And, uh, and
2: <laughs> He said and, Hey man No homo not <laughs> <ate him. laughs> he, he didn't get Grizzly bear culture it's he, very, didn't, he didn't get it. It's very machismo They're,
0: they're not
3: They're not In the 21st century
2: Like we no, are There's no gay marriage In Yellowstone
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he thought There was a salmon In his pocket <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. so, or are you just happy to see me? Oh, gosh. Hey, you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for... Listener Mail. This is the time of the show where we read your uh, listener feedback. And uh, you can interact with us on social media. You can leave us an iTunes review or you can leave us a voicemail you could call man 81 scoff and uh you could get a chance to get featured on the show john what does that first
3: review say on itunes itunes all right this one's by agert A-g- age heart a-gert. agert agert age hurt. age hurts age hurts age. it does hurt age Okay. Aggie Hurt. Uh, This is a show every man just has to hear. I'm lucky that I like it because I've realized I actually have no way to not listen to it. Uh, Once you start listening, you'll realize it's become a part of you that you can't say no to. Like a booty calling (laughs) ex-American freedom and a good glass of scotch. Uh, You won't be able to refrain. Also... The bathroom... More.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think what happened was we screenshotted this in our show notes, and
0: the full review didn't. Was I needed to expand it. Wasn't my fault. All right, I do fail. I think we got. I, I think we got the gist. Although I think I,
2: he likes it. I do want to know: Is this person being held captive and forced to listen to our podcast? Because it's he possible. says he says I actually have no way to not listen to it. So <laughs> is, is is. he like sitting in a wheelchair, duct taped? it and uh, has (laughs) headphones oh oh, i don't look in jordan's closet I, I (laughs) i
0: heard about this this week about this guy that was like in uh like some sort of like a paralyzed coma where he was awake and could see everything but couldn't move and could experience literally everything going on around him he could hear everybody and everyone thought he was out of it and it was just like this personal hell that he was in and he was just like forced to watch the same barney tv show over oh, and over geez. and like
3: eventually he came out of it which is insane maybe that's what this guy is I think I heard about that, and that's the one where he remembers hearing his mom lean over say, "I wish you'd
2: die." Yeah. Wait, that's not. Wait, is that really what? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's terrible. How long was he in this? This uh, it was like years.
3: It was like several years, and then he came out of it. Okay, so his mom sucks. Now, (laughs) now, yeah.
2: Now I'm gonna. Now I'm gonna add this to my list. I'm making a coma will, (laughs) which (laughs) which which includes. Like the, the, the Netflix cue that I want them to play while I'm in the coma, (laughs) just in case this happens to me, because if, if, if I'm not going to be moving and talking to people, I'm going to be entertained. All right. Uh, Donovan, what does that next, uh, Instagram uh, comment say? Let's see. This one has a very interesting icon or what do they call it? It's a, uh, it's a A
3: motor emoji, avatar, avatar.
2: Avatar, That's it. Great. (laughs) Emoji. Okay. Movie. Um, that was an avatar reference, not not the. Uh, I wasn't saying. Okay, I don't get somebody's somebody somebody avatar reference Cut this out. Um, this is from Beer Cats or Beer Beer underscore Catsy. I don't yeah, know. It looks about right. Beer Cats. I don't just need gonna to spend too much that. time on the names here. I know. Just read it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I can't believe it took me this long to discover the podcast. Great content! Two exclamation points and a heart and a heart a and a heart. heart. Wow.
0: Well, the I heart like wasn't an emoji because emoji heart would imply flirting. Yeah. It is a like. Yeah. No. No. Flip I get art, that. Yeah. He yeah. liked it. He liked it. Is what it was. So, well, thank yeah. you, beer cats. He uh, likes we appreciate it, a lot. it. We haven't been doing the show that long. It's only been three months, but um, we're glad you discovered it and you were able to. Enjoy the backlog of episodes.
2: I can't believe it took him that long. I know. Three months. What is he Come thinking? Out? Where has uh, he been all this time? What, wait, 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 you living under a rock <laughs> with your cats? <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> Let's go over to a listener voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Tim Drake here. Um, my question for you is, what is the, uh, if you wouldn't mind, discuss the difference between a long and short handle safety razor and why you would choose one over the other. I've always used short handle. So I have no idea why anybody would want a long-handled version, but I was thinking of picking one up. And before I did, I was just wanting your input. Thanks. And as always, you are a gentleman and a scofflaw.
2: Uh, John, is this just you (laughs) under a different- It it is not me, but I
3: would like to postulate my my theory about why you choose one razor over the other. Go for it. Okay. First, the difference, one handle is longer. (laughs) <laughs> and the other is shorter, maybe it's- so if you have a big hand, you get the longer one yeah if you've
0: got if you've got big mitts, the longer one is a, a better choice for you if you've got like sausage fingers like uh, John over here um
2: old hot dog fingers as, <laughs> then, we, as we call them then what do i easier?
0: do with my hands <laughs> <Then> it's easier <laughs> to grip a long handle safety razor plus if you're somebody who used to use a cartridge razor and you're coming over from like a gillette uh, fusion they have longer handles so it might be easier for you to maneuver something that's closer to what you're used to um i have a i have both i have a long handle and a short handle and i take the short handle when i travel because it's easy to take apart and throw an adopt kit um and also if you're a woman and want to shave your legs um a long handle also is
2: easier to use or if you're a swimmer and you want to shave your legs <laughs> I, yeah. I always thought the long handled was developed around uh six million bc for the uh, tyrannosaurus <laughs> rex to shave <laughs> yeah. his face before exactly. <laughs> before getting busy <laughs> exactly
0: but if you want uh I believe our uh, sponsors. If you go to gentlemanscufflaw slash shave, the good people at Phoenix Shaving, uh, they have short and long handle safety razors. So you can uh, you could try one out there. And so and if you have like a traditional uh, uh, three piece razor, you could also just buy the handle and add it to your uh, your already raz- your razor head that you have already, and see how you like it. Switch it up. All right. We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back. When we come back, we're going to be with uh, Bobby Henline, the well done comedian. Now this segment is brought to you by audible.com. And for you, the listeners of the Gentleman's call flop podcast, audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, now, they're a great website, and if you like listening to podcasts, you would like listening to audiobooks. Um, and again, with this free trial, you can download any title you would like. Um, I would recommend If at Birth You Don't Succeed, written by my good friend and friend of the show, Zach Anner. Um, he's a hilarious guy, and he reads his own audiobook, which is rare. So that's a bonus. So download his book today. He's a guest of the show. You can listen to his book for free. Now, audiobooks are great. Um, they work just like, you know, listening to a podcast. If you like listening to podcasts, you like listening to audiobooks, while well, you're sitting there, you know, uh, cooking dinner, or uh, you're, you know, at work, uh, you know, typing some emails, or maybe you're, you're stuck in LA traffic like I am, or maybe you're, you know, it's a weekend and you're just uh, sitting back and uh, doing some uh, Pinterest crafts uh, that you've always wanted to do that you've had there on your board, just waiting for you to to, to tackle, uh, you might as well listen to an audiobook while doing that. And and people don't know that you, you killed two birds with one stone. You made an amazing Pinterest craft, and you listen to the book. Now, I don't know which of our listeners are making Pinterest crafts, but um, there are some pretty manly crafts you can do on Pinterest. So go to audibletrial.com slash gentscofflaw to get your free audiobook download and your free 30-day trial today. You won't regret it. All right. I am excited to have this guest. Um, He is a wounded warrior, a burn survivor and a stand-up comedian and motivational speaker, among many, many other things. Bobby Henline, thank you for coming on the show.
5: I oh, appreciate it. Thank you guys for having <laughs> me on the show.
0: So, I mean, a little bit about your background for our listeners that don't know you yet. Um, tell us a little bit about your military service and uh, what made you want to join the Army.
5: Well, first I actually joined uh, was in 1989. I was 17 years old. My uncle actually talked me into it. Oh. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was doing nothing. I don't know. I was thinking about joining the Hell's Angels or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he talked me into it. We both grew up Navy brats, and then so I went in, signed up, and joined up for the Army. It went to Desert Storm. Oh wow! After that, I got out. I was in for three years. After Desert Storm, I got out for ten years. Moved back to California, started my family, and all that stuff. And had multiple jobs, this and that. Always kind of wanted to go back in the military. And then 9/11 happened, oh, and then wow. I knew that's. When I needed to go back, so I went back in after 9/11. I was back. I had to go back to basic training since I was out for ten years. Oh wow! So, <laughs> yeah, at, at 30 years old, I had to go back to basic, start from scratch. And- yeah, what was that
2: <laughs> like? Uh, like starting from scratch like that? Because I mean, like we're we're about that age right now, and thinking about going through basic training, you know, <laughs> after being out for about ten years is pretty daunting. <laughs>
5: Yeah, it was it was different. Uh, definitely, I definitely already knew the mind game of the drill sergeant and what they're going to do and why they do it. So uh-huh. there's a, couple, a bunch of prior serves that came back in. It's it's kind of more relaxing this time. Was, <laughs> chill, all right. I got to do what I got to do today. Get have breakfast, run a little bit, do some push-ups. Uh-huh. Uh, they thought it was funny because they thought I looked like Richard Gear. <laughs> an officer and a gentleman but it kept
4: you do flutter kicks
5: say there's no place like home say there's no place like home <laughs> that's kind of their entertainment
0: <laughs> that's funny there's no more surprises left for you in the basic training at that point
5: yeah
0: exactly that's good stuff so you joined back um obviously the iraq war started then so i mean how, i mean how was what was that like what was your experience in in that war
5: you know, going back totally different war than a uh, desert storm, you know, it's definitely different. I always joke around because people are like, Oh, Vietnam was just a conflict. I'm like, That was just a conflict. What was desert storm? A <laughs> drive by? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this war is a lot different. Um, you know, and I took the experience that I had when I was a young soldier and now I'm older and I'm with the lower enlisted going back in like that, start from scratch. You know, I'm 30 years old, they're 20 years old. At, but we're at the same rank. So I was able to take that experience and help them out and what they're about to deal with. And then some of the our peers, you know, our, our mentors, the sergeants and all that stuff that were above us, they're coming to me. Yeah. Like, we've never been to war before. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it kind of a nice position to be in where I can help the younger generation and still be there kind of for the old generation or my own generation, I guess really, um, that stayed in the whole time or came in right after me the first time. So yeah. it was a neat position to be in. I love doing, um, my job as a truck driver. So I did uh, convoy security. I'd bring in infantry on raids. Um, a lot of humanitarian stuff that I love to do. Um, helping the kids out and rebuild their, their cities and stuff like that.
0: I mean, we hear from the news as kind of like an overview of whatever's going on with the war, but it's like, it's always fun to hear those, you know, what the experience is like, um, you know, being actually on the ground. I mean, do you ever have any neat stories of that you could think of that, you know, just being there with the locals or, or what that was like? Yeah. Or- well,
5: like, you know, in 2003, we, you know, the, the war kicked off and all that stuff and, a lot of stuff was destroyed so we were hiring local nationals there the iraqis to help rebuild their own country and we go out and guard them while they're doing it yeah so we're on the freeway rebuilding some guardrails and stuff and we had an interpreter with us and one of the guys that we hired to work was talking to me through an interpreter he was in desert storm is an iraqi oh, obviously well. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so we we're talking we turns out we were both in basra battling each other in Desert Storm.
2: Oh man! Oh, wow. Fast
5: <laughs> forward 2004, we're rebuilding Iraq together. So oh, I mean, wow. <laughs> I, I think that's a really cool story to talk to him. Like, wow, he, it's just—it was, it was amazing. It gave me chills, and still thinking about it gives me chills. That wow. You know, we be able to do
0: that. So, be, I mean, obviously, what happened to you in the war is a catalyst for much of what you do. So, let's talk a little bit about that. How did? What's the story? What's the origin story of Bobby Henline, basically? <laughs> <laughs>
5: well it starts back that my dad's from West Virginia is the real reason issues yeah. I have <laughs> <laughs> and are we just alienated to West Virginians and that's okay just don't
4: tell
0: the government that it's a pretty
5: distinct condition you know because <laughs> 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 you should see me with these earbuds and you know it looks funny with earbuds and no ear uh, it looks a little different those things are but hard enough
2: to keep in when you when you
5: when you have your ears <laughs> well that's why I didn't clean my ears today the wax helps bond it a little better <laughs> Uh, yeah, during my uh, fourth deployment to Iraq in 2007, I, my Humvee was hit by a roadside bomb. It was three to ah! There's a service dog for you. <laughs> he, hasn't, he doesn't like, like the sound of that. Yeah, she's like, I don't like that story. Don't tell me. Again. <laughs> she's
0: getting PTSD.
5: I was a bad bomb sniffing dog. <laughs> but you know, when the Humvee got hit, it blew it through at 20 meters, uh, killed the other four guys in the Humvee. Burnt me over 38% of my body was burnt. My head burnt to the skull. I lost my hand. 47 surgeries. You know, three years of recovery. And I am where I am today. And, and just, like I said, we used my sense of humor. got me to that today. And, and that's what I do. And I got out. And I, that first year, I really had a really hard time talking about anything. I just felt useless. I had survivor's guilt. Felt like a burden to my family. So I, I didn't want to be around. I'd pray to God every night just to take me. Oh, wow. Uh, but as I got better and better throughout the year uh, and got my independence back, okay, why am I here? I'm here for a reason. I was the only survivor out of five guys in a Humvee. Doctor said medically I shouldn't be alive. Oh, wow. So I'm here for some reason. What is that? And people kept telling me, be patient. You'll find out what it is. And I just started being positive at that point. Like, hey, you know, I get to go to the beach today. I get to have a beer and pizza today. I get to see my children grow up. It's yeah. so all these little things that, we take for granted a lot of times. We're so busy. I start really appreciating and have my, my, my positive attitude. I've always been kind of a jokester and dealing with my sense of humor and everything. But I learned just by being positive and, and sharing my story that I can help other people. I can help put life in another perspective for them. Yeah. And when I learned that, I thought, Oh my God, this, this is the best revenge I could get um, on the guy who did this to me. And for my battle buddies is I could help more people and he's ever hurt by sharing my story and just continuing to be me. Oh, wow. And, and that so that, that's how I kind of got into motivational speaking and stuff like that. And, and then, of course, my twisted sense of humor on top of that <laughs> 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 brought it to a different level. Uh, I was just saying, you know, I had to joke around the hospital. Um, you know, that's how I dealt with the pain that I had to go through or let my family know it's was OK, their staff. Um, so we were doing, I was just doing that, and, and my occupational therapist said, oh, my God, you're funny. You should do stand-up comedy. And I thought there's no way that I'm going to go to the general public and go, guess what? I got blown up my rack. Isn't that funny? There <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Isn't that cool? Like a yeah. 1980s comic or something. <laughs> like Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my OT just kept nagging me and nagging me, and I'm finally like, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Eight years ago, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I went out and tried stand up comedy and, and liked it. And I found out it was just another way for me to vent and get it out. And then just it kind of from there just rolled from open mic to open mic to hey, come here and do a show and, and just grew and grew from there. That's awesome.
0: I I feel like with stand up comedy, it's probably this is probably like a Captain Obvious thing, but the best stand up comics are the ones that like that are talking about their personal experience, and it's just so much more relatable that way. Well, you all,
2: you always hear that like uh, most you know comedians are like the you know the sad clown. You know they've always got like <laughs> these these deep dark past that they're sort of like drawing upon to to kind of battle that you know yeah. that uh, that history of whatever. Um, so, you know, it's it definitely, uh, fits the bill. And I think also people oftentimes underestimate, you know, the soldier's sense of humor, you know, they think of as right. such a, you know, such a, uh, a, uh, depressing and, and hard thing. But, you know, I was listening to a, a seal talk about, you know, how no matter what the situation that a lot of times you're in, you know, you just have to, you have to laugh every day,
5: you know, you to get to.
2: through it. Yeah.
5: And that's how we go through all that stuff. And I mean, I I, I, we're, I know I mentioned it before, not on here, but I know we talked about it, uh, was, especially speaking of stories, is like when I almost died in 2003. Yeah. I almost stepped on a bomb. Yeah. Maybe my buds are falling out all over the place. <laughs> that's all right. But I almost stepped. I went to go to the bathroom. We were guarding this truck that he worked on, talking to the locals. And I had to walk around, go to the bathroom, hide behind a tree. As I went to go behind the tree, a little boy said, No, mister, boom, boom. <laughs> And I'm like, what? And I look down, and there's two bomblets that we had dropped earlier in the war, oh, wow. you know, to build minefields. And I would have stepped on those. That little boy saved my life. Yeah, so wow. at that point, you're like, oh, you Dude, check this out. Come on, look, I almost stepped on this bomb. You my friends, oh my god, almost died. High five, we're yeah.
4: laughing. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, not a big deal. Just almost stepped on a
5: bomb. All right, let's go have some water and relax now. Uh, but,
0: that's hilarious.
5: Yeah. It's, yeah, just that use that sense of humor and in moments like that, you just gotta kinda laugh at and go, wow, I almost died today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but then I, you get home, you tell those stories, and it just, boom, you start bawling. You tell your family, oh, I almost died. And it <laughs> finally hits you, comes yeah. out, and you're like a giant baby. Yeah, I was in war, but I can't even talk about those bombs now. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. I mean, that must be a real issue coming back home, I mean, with, uh, uh, with um, post-traumatic stress. I mean, it must be a hard adjustment. I mean, coming back into civilian life. I mean, what was that like for you? Just kind of, obviously, you you, you spent some time, a long time in the hospital before you were kind of back on the streets. But um, I mean, what was that like? Just kind of not having to, you know, go to go to work the usual way.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially yeah, you're going to war alone. I mean, I, that was my fourth tour, and every time I came back, I was you know very vigilant and having issues and stuff like that. But even when you wake up and back in the states. something like this happens to you then you're really on guard and it's tough at first dealing with those invisible wounds and people don't understand all the time why you're so reacting that way but what I found out with it is to face it um to to push through it and again you got to do the baby steps uh I was there's, there's grocery stores in Texas that I didn't like going into because the aisles were tall and thin I wasn't aware or didn't know my way around the store Yeah, I wasn't didn't know it well so, what I started doing is going there and just buying one or two items at a time.
1: Oh, okay.
5: Because I tried to go in and do grocery shopping and I have an anxiety and I freak out and I'd leave half a cart just full and have to leave the store. Oh, wow. So, I found by barely facing it, little steps at a time, I was able to get through it. Oh, wow. And now I can go to that grocery store and I can shop. And I still might get a little anxiety there and stuff, but it's enough to where I could just breathe, talk to myself. It's going to be all right. Push forward through it now. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's crazy, too, because, I mean, in, I mean, the war itself conditions you to be in a certain state of alert, but then, you know, training for all sorts of in in, in the military, I mean, they're also conditioning your mind to be alert and everything. So, being in a situation where you're not that's not the everyday situation anymore. Like it's just you've been conditioned so long to have to
5: deal with that. Exactly. The way you you gotta process stuff out there to live and survive. Yeah. And to save other lives, you don't have to do that back home. And that's the whole trick that veterans have problem with is turning that off. Yeah. Okay, when do I turn this off? Or it is off, but something triggers it to turn it on. And to me that could be a helicopter. Oh yeah. And this is not a bad noise, but it's a noise that reminds me of that and I'll always kind of stop. I'm walking down the street and I hear a helicopter. I'll stop for a second, take a deep breath. All right. And I just keep going, but it will take me back for a second there. And I realize what it is now. You kind of learn your triggers along yeah. the way.
2: Yeah, I had a history teacher in Vietnam who, uh, or who was in Vietnam and uh he said yeah, he came you were back in vietnam back in the history yeah, class were you in the shit? <laughs> yeah but uh, <laughs> there he, <I> was <laughs> yeah, just a baby just just a newborn baby no uh but uh he uh he talked about how you know he came back and uh was walking around college campus and he would hear motorcycles backfire and he would always drop his books and hit the ground and, uh, you know, skin himself up and and all that stuff, but it took him a while to, to really, you know, adjust, but also socially, because it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're jumping from one community to another, you know, you're, you're, you're going from, you know, the bonds of, you know, soldierhood to, to, like you said, coming back and people don't really quite understand and it's not their fault, you know, it's just, it's, it's just something that, that happens. And I imagine that that's, that's kind of the, the biggest thing there is just you know trying to trying to bond with with people back in the in in the civilian world. Yeah. Um
0: you're talking about how you had a sick sense of humor and this this brings me to uh something that I saw and I don't know if it was one of the good morning america or the today show or what some somebody did a profile on you and there was some b-roll of like photos of you <laughs> and your family and there were some pictures that came up from Halloween and one yeah. one of them was you dressed as Freddy Krueger and it was it, it was such a it was it was kind of at a serious moment in the report but to me I just like fell to the floor like laughing like, so that kind of gives our listeners an idea of kind of what your humor is i mean first of all i want to ask about that well going trick-or-treating as freddy krueger what was that that like
5: <laughs> one of the funny things about that one was i remember a kid asking me how i got the makeup to do that like, you know that I use, what i used to do that and my daughter ruins the whole thing. Oh, it's not makeup. He got blown up in the war. She's like, uh, uh, oh, thank you for your service. i like, to no, have fun with this. But, you know, I've done the zombie, the, the Kruger. Uh, one year I just dressed normal and answered my door but I took my prosthetic hand and stuck it in the candy bowl <laughs> and, and I would just tell the kids, i sorry, I can't find my hand. Can you get your own candy out? And they would, Oh my God. <laughs> that's hilarious. But I remember one little girl, she was like, that's creepy, dude. That's creepy. And she just kept grabbing candy. <laughs>
0: that's hilarious. Um, well, so, I mean, stand up is a big part of your life now. I mean, I'm, there, I watched this documentary, um, which if any our listeners who haven't seen it, um, I believe you could watch it on Amazon Prime right now. It's called uh, Comedy Warriors. Um, how did you get involved with that documentary? And for and for people that that are listening, it's basically or yeah, I'll let you talk about it. What what's the documentary about, and how did you get involved with it?
5: Yeah, well, I've been doing comedy for about eighteen months when I heard about it. I'd already been kind of doing it and stuff, like I said, how I started. Well, then also, I got these emails because a Wounded Warrior Project put out a blast. Hey, there are any wounded vets that want to do stand up comedy. Yeah. And of course, I saw it, and everybody else that saw it was sending it to me. So I was getting all these forward messages about it, like, Bobby, you need to do this. You need to do this. <laughs> so, of course, I, boom, I sent in a one minute audition tape. I guess out of like 50 veterans, they picked the five of us. And then we got mentored by a couple of writers, uh, and then also, A-list comedians like Zach Galifianakis, Bob Saget, Lewis Black, uh, BJ Novak from The Office. So these guys, we would learn a little bit of comedy. The other four veterans had never done comedy before. So we got some material written down like five minutes or so. And we go into like improv and there'd be Bob Saget sitting in front of us. Just Bob (laughs) Saget in the audience. And you got to go out there and make him laugh. Five minutes. (laughs) So it was was a little frightening. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, pressure. But when you can make a comedian like that laugh, it's like 35 years. No Bob's been doing it, or Lewis Black when he's like, "Oh my God, you got the million dollar joke right there." Like yes, you you get that kind of advice from from guys like that. Been doing it for years and very successful. It's very rewarding. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was. I mean, it's. I highly recommend people watching it if they if they've got Amazon Prime or I don't I don't know where you could you could rent it I guess on Amazon too right now right I don't, I don't yeah that.
5: maybe off the website still it's been a while it came out in 2012 okay. Um,
0: I just saw it, it recently, so yeah. I didn't know how old it was. But it's, yeah, I think
5: you still get it. It was on Netflix. For, Netflix, bleh, I can't even talk. Netflix, <laughs> here. If I have some more whiskey, yeah. I'll be able to talk. No, about there it. you go. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. on the East Coast. It's close to 5 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're it's re- it's never never too early. i shooting <laughs> it by five hours.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, so, but, so since the Comedy Warriors documentary um, – you you're also do also doing motivational um, speaking all over the place, but you also talk to do you, you do it you do comedy and you talk to troops. I would like to hear a little bit about that. I mean, what's their reaction when they see you talking to them?
5: Yeah, I kind of mix everything together with the speaking and the comedy, and sometimes the comedy alone. But yeah, going out there and i bombed back overseas three times: Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait, doing comedy for the troops. And that's oh my god, I think that's healing for all of us out there for me to go back and be out there again with them and knowing what they're going through and making them laugh is healing for me. And them seeing, Oh my God, you know, if I do get injured out here, life's not that bad afterwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, You become better looking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> at least you got excuse <laughs> uh, gets to be in movies <laughs> right you do modeling acting <laughs> it,
0: it's crazy i thought i heard somewhere
5: that maybe that you were
0: doing some acting right now is that true or
5: yeah actually there's a movie currently on netflix called sophie and the rising sun oh awesome I actually, I had, a,
2: uh, yeah i think i've seen i got that typecast in
5: <laughs> <laughs> but Sophie and the Rise of Font Sun is on Netflix and it's set back in 1941 where mm-hmm. I got typecast to play a World War One veteran burnt by mustard gas <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Diane Ladd I say Diane Ladd I play Diane Ladd's son I got to correct that like Diane Ladd doesn't play my mother. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I play her son. But that's and what I'm, you put I'm, on your acting resume. So when we'll right, you go yeah, into your next Diane Ladd audition. Was my
5: mother. <laughs> <laughs> she was also Chevy Chase's mother. So therefore, we're brothers. And yeah. <laughs> I need to hit him up for a loan soon. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a really, really nice film about Pearl Harbor happening and a young uh, southern girl falls in love with the Japanese American guy and of course the little southern American town isn't like that. And so all the drama and stuff that goes along with that. It is a chick flick. That's why I recommended uh gentlemen bring your ladies, she'll be pleased. You you brought her to watch that. Yeah. Or you put it on Netflix because she- the movie that you like, she'll get turned on by me, and then you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> doing all the work. <laughs> like, I don't want cheer, just paralyze It works.
0: It's like taking your girlfriend to a Michael Buble concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, oh, hey, nice. Let's go watch Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so are, do you plan on doing some more acting? Is that something that you're
5: interested in and in keep doing? Or? I do. I definitely want to get more into more acting and writing, okay, different cool. parts for burn survivors and stuff like that. Um definitely want to do that kind of the um, – why can't I think of his name offhand? Medea. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Tyler Perry. Perry. Yeah, it'd be like the Tyler Perry of burnt guys. <laughs> the Woody Race, Allen you know, of burnt guys. Burnt people are gonna come back. Yeah, uh, we're a minority right now. There's not a lot of burn survivors out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's gonna be more more of us as technology moves along, for sure. Especially with those
0: Samsung galaxies,
5: you never know. You yeah. <laughs> Never
2: know when it's gonna blow up mean, in your face.
5: Think of the money they could save. You know, in. Uh, putting us in zombie movies that makeup <laughs> would be <laughs> that's a great point you to so save exactly. a lot of money
2: that is uh, that's pretty brilliant but, but
0: then here's the thing though eventually somewhere down the line um what burn survivors will get the acting mentality and then they'll complain that there's that that's the only roles
2: they get are the right
5: zombies. <laughs> I want to play a normal dad. Gonna <laughs> be,
2: like, be like the midgets in uh, Wizard of Oz. It's gonna have to unionize and everything. I'm sure there's a union already for that. Yeah, probably.
0: And <laughs> this brings me back though to be to do to acting in that role. I mean, that must be. Is it, is it, it must be the ultimate method acting because you've been through that. I mean, what's it like having to act that way? Do you, does it bring back old feelings of being, you know, in, of healing in the bed and all that stuff? Or, I mean, how is that like?
5: Yeah, there's definitely a scene where they are in the bed a couple of times and that, that really did. Cause this is like a 1941 tiny little bed, almost like a little hospital bed. Uh-huh. And so that definitely laying in there kind of brought some memories back of being in the hospital and so, but it was good to be able to draw from that to look more wounded, to look more sick, yeah, uh, and ours as director said, "Look weaker, you're too big, look weaker." <laughs> <laughs> So if I look weaker than I did my job uh, <laughs> and very lively through my eyes was my direction. I mean, you look weak and lively through my eyes. If, if they cut uh, to the wide shot, you're
2: just doing curls with a dumbbell <laughs> off screen. You're just like, oh, got to get started. I'm supposed to
5: sit in this wheelchair. I can pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, a
0: lot of pe- people that uh, that can't see you right now, you're actually pretty pretty jacked guy. I mean, especially I feel like World War II guys weren't as muscular, but I could be wrong. Google image
5: it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do, yeah. I do. Got to keep in shape and work out, and it makes it a little easier when in half the time when I got to work out one arm. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or it's harder, right? Because you got to do those rocky push-ups, right? <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> I just do like ten push-ups. That's like twenty-five. It's equal <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: what what projects are you working on now? Uh, do you have anything kind of uh,
5: coming up? Or so right now, uh, about six well, six or seven months ago, it's. My business partner and I created Bravo 748. And it's a speakers bureau um, for veterans, speakers, and all kinds of entertainers. We got MCs, musicians, comedians. And I found out they were all like me where we, we kind of fall into this thing. We want to inspire and help other people, but we don't know the business side of it. We don't know how to get out there and do that. So as I was talking to these other veterans, like, hey, you know, here's a good idea. Let's do this. So I got my business partner. We put it together. And now I got to market it so I can get these veterans jobs. So they got there inspiring the world. Oh, awesome. So I thought, how do I do that? How do I, mar- I'm not a marketing person, but <laughs> I'm like a Forrest Gump. I'm not all brains, you know? So I thought, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not true. <laughs> I- I've, I I've seen your material. And that army training and, and, you know, being airborne, you run, run, run. Yeah. So I thought, well, what if I run a 5k in every state? Oh, wow. Within 90 days. And I finish up on Veterans Day near my hometown. Oh, wow. And so that's what I'm doing. I came with a crazy idea. Other people liked it. And so now I have to do it. I'm calling the Run Like You're on Fire Tour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) We we just got the shirts put out yesterday. And uh, you get those online. Um, You can check out bravo748.com and off my website there or even off all my social media, all Bobby Henline, no matter what social media you're going to, it's just my name. Okay. Um, That's awesome. You can find all that and find links to that. They give it the t-shirts. They got a stick figure on it with its head on fire. And it says, (laughs) run, Bobby, run.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, (laughs) So
5: uh, yeah, along the way, we're going to, you know, raise awareness about Bravo 748 and about all these speakers we have and stuff. But also we're going to donate or raise money for the boot campaign and Retrieving Freedom. Oh, awesome. Two nonprofits that help the veterans. Retrieving Freedom is where I got my service dog, Daisy. So I want to help other veterans get a service dog, so I'll raise money for them. And the boot campaign, there's a lot of stuff for the veterans, grants, and different things. Uh, one of the new things i are working on is Reboot Program, where they reboot the brain with retronic brain injury and PTSD. Oh, wow. And uh, Morgan Luttrell is the CEO of that now, heading an that on and I'm sure a lot of people know his brother, Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor. Yeah, they're oh, twins, kind of more, aren't they are twins Yeah, twins, and Morgan is also a Navy SEAL. He's into the psychology stuff. He's really, really smart, much smarter than Marcus and I. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's his new adventure, and so I I love what he's doing. Um, They've helped me out a lot. The Boot Campaign is also helping a Marine friend of mine right now, and he's going to run along with me with his service dog during all this also. What's
2: it like having a service dog? I I know I I think people oftentimes don't quite understand – that whole experience and everything, what's, what's that been like?
5: Yeah, I was, I was, I was, didn't want to get a service dog. I was, you know, against it at first and you know, it's not for me, it's for other vets and what they need to get out of the house and stuff mm-hmm. like that to, to have someone, like they, they feel someone always has their back and, and you know, dogs are calming, animals, horses, uh, all these things are very calming for mm-hmm. us humans. And with me, as you see, I travel all the time. I'm doing this crowds. If I'm by myself, I can maneuver a little better. I, I got my little, Things that I know what's going on in my head, but I was able yeah. to hide and get through it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my biggest thing is when I was home. Um, if I'm home for like three weeks, the survivor's guilt kicks back in, uh, the depression. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I'm not helping anybody and doing my mission. So that's when I also get depressed. So after talking to some of the service dog companies and fundraising for them, I looked into my favorite one and said, all right, I'm ready to get a dog. And this is what I need it for most. And she's been amazing. Um, and again, I thought I would just need her for when I'm at home. But she's already came in handy. I mean, we've trained for over the last year, about eight weeks together, six to eight weeks total together. And I've had her permanently for a little over a month. And just in that short time, she's been on 10 airplanes. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> amazing amazing on, on airplanes travel and everything great service dog but one of the things that happened the first time i took her out in north carolina i was speaking and she was laying at the table just nice and calm i just let her stay there while i went on stage there's a part where i broke down talking about the other four men in my vehicle and i started to crack a little bit and she heard that in my voice boom she jumped up went to the back of the stage came up and just rubbed her head against my leg oh wow i mean it's that priceless kind of thing right there is like Okay. Yes, you are gonna travel with me everywhere on the road now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't realize I needed that until she was there to give it to me. Wow. So you never really see really special. You'll never see a cat do
0: that. That's what I would no. say. <laughs>
1: you no know, service cats out there. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's, there's a reason why they're called man's the, best friend. The cat would just be like,
2: uh, "I think it's time for me to eat." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're bringing. I'm done licking my here. I'm good now. You're bringing me down here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Well, I always see like I feel like um, <laughs> nowadays you see like quote-unquote service dogs everybody now has a slip to bring their dog on the plane and it's not like it's not an actual like <laughs> service
1: <dog. No>. Chihuahua.
0: <laughs> I've, well, I've worked I'm speaking of experience where I've worked with a
2: lot of actors that have emotional <laughs> support dogs and I was like you do not
1: you
0: do not need this dog you're just you, you just ju- want to bring him into the grocery for, store for,
2: for that you just need a dog like I mean <laughs> right. I, I, I feel like I, I, I do feel like dogs man I, I just Every time I go home, we got like two golden retrievers and they just like just having them around is just awesome, you know, because it's, it's just, you know, you proj- you kind of project yourself onto the dog a little bit. But but it's still just it's always happy and, and it, it does a lot for, you know, anything that ails you as our canine friends out there. Yeah.
5: When you have like, a you know, I got a golden doodle or you have a retriever, you have a Labrador, yeah. uh, something like that a dog it makes sense. They're there to yeah. protect you. they are be okay. They're, they're there for you. But when you walk in with a Chihuahua or a Yorkie <laughs> on an airplane, all you're saying is I really just need a hug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need, I need people. <laughs> it was funny. I, was, I, I need more friends than just my social yeah. media.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I had a I I was at a party, uh, a housewarming party maybe about two months ago and there was a A little dog there was really nice. It was sweet and everything. And a friend of mine asked, "Is like, would you want a dog like that? And I was thinking... No, <laughs> I was like, why? I was like, I want you know, like a useful
2: dog. <laughs> you're, <not> like, a <laughs> you're like, I might eat I it. I like the
0: dog, but I like, I feel like I want a dog that has you know that they can protect me and my family yeah. a little better, and you know, I don't know.
5: I mean, the little ones are better when you have, when you have to pick up after it. It makes it a lot easier that That's way. That's true. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've I've so seen you, some people where all they do is they they take a napkin and they just pull it up yeah. and. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, people listening, if you want to support. A, a worthy cause retrieving freedom worthy yeah. indeed
5: <laughs> um, I was going to go yeah, to and this. if you want to do the run with me also too I forgot to mention I'm doing this run in all 50 states in 90 days starting on August 19th and I got the on the Facebook and on the website the it's up there what town what, what day I'm going to be there and uh, you just come out and run it's a free registration awesome well we got to awesome do that
0: are you, you're coming I know you're obviously you're doing all 50 states what town are you coming to in
5: California Deliver more. Never so more. I'm a little. I'm not that close to you guys. Okay. I'm but, from the Bay Area. I grew up in San Jose, Santa Clara area. Okay.
2: Cool. Road trip. Road trip. We'll have to go there. <laughs>
0: Maybe good. we'll do a live uh, yeah. a live show from there. Give um, us an
2: excuse to get in shape. <laughs> yeah. Definitely.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bobby, for coming on. And wh- where can people find you if they want to find you? You said Bravo Seven Forty Eight, and yeah, uh, on Bravo social media
5: dot com. Um, all my social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. All those other ones, LinkedIn. On there, all of them. Bobby Hemline, to get find me on there and see what's been going on, what I've done, and what we're planning on doing. There's a lot more stuff coming out, um, and I'll tell you guys here right now. First, uh, I'm going to announce it a couple of days, and I don't care when this airs or whatever. But uh, I'm going to be putting out a song. Oh, really? To help raise money for veterans, too. I, I'm not singing. Uh, that's one thing I can't do. I can <laughs> write I can poetry. I can act and model, all that stuff. But I cannot sing. <laughs> uh, but I did write a song about my story, what happened to me. And a friend of mine recorded it for me. Oh, and had awesome. some help with the melody. He recorded it. And so I'm going to put it out there um, on July 4th, Independence Day. Mm. Oh, awesome. And it's, it's going to actually be released on iTunes and all that stuff. To help raise more money for veterans. Oh wow, that's awesome! Play it at your barbecues.
2: It'll <laughs> <laughs> be there the go. new.
0: It'll be the new Lee Greenwood uh, <laughs> replacement. <laughs> take 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 over that spot on Fourth of July. We need a new one. <laughs> uh, well, and, and well, I said thank you for coming on the show, but again, of course, thank you for your service and and what you did obviously for our country and what you're doing now for people and the troops and everything you're doing. We really appreciate that.
5: No, thank you. Appreciate everything, guys, having me on here. Appreciate getting the word out there. Thank you.
0: All right. We're going to take it's a, a quick break and we'll wrap up the show. This part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving, makers of the most excellent aftershaves, shaving soaps, and all things traditional man. One of my favorite products of theirs are their aftershaves. Phoenix shaving intentionally blurs the lines between traditional aftershave and classic cologne. Each batch of aftershave cologne is created by using traditional perfuming methods, giving the wearer a high dose of quality skin food matched by the staying power of Barry White. Now, I tell you, this stuff is amazing. It'll, it'll make your skin feel great after a shave, and the alum and menthol just removes all irritation and razor bumps. Um, they have classic barber scents and even more creative soap and aftershave fragrances. Like, my favorite is the tombstone scent, it smells like leather tobacco, and gunpowder. Pretty unique. So ditch those vials of chemicals you buy at the drugstore every month and grab some artisan soap and aftershaves from Phoenix Shaving. Go to GentlemanScofflaw.com shave to help support the show and get some fantastic manly grooming products. Phoenix Shaving, shaving outside the box. All right, um, that was that was a fun interview with Bobby. We got to have him back on again in the future.
2: Yeah, I, I really yeah, I, I'm sure. looking forward to those runs that he's doing. Yeah, and, me, uh, also hearing a song on July Fourth. Yeah, song uh, on
0: July Fourth. Maybe we'll maybe we could ask him. We could use it as a bump for the uh, for the July Fourth uh, episode if we have a July. I don't know what day July Fourth falls on this year. It um, falls on
2: July Fourth. Yeah, but what <laughs> what day of the week? I think I think we'll be doing. I I, I think we should do a July Fourth episode. All right, we'll do a we'll July Fourth patriotic episode. gents, and we got our you know want to be American up there. So there you we go. Gotta...
0: Well, that's I want people to know that we're not like you know these Hollywood losers that you know put down our country all the time and put down our soldiers. Um, you know that we appreciate what they do um, for our country. Absolutely. And, yeah, for sure. And uh, now it's time to announce the uh, giveaway winner from last week's Instagram giveaway. Um, the, all right. Uh, give me a drum roll there, John. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 I, like, I like how he was yawning.
0: Right before. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is Jojo Babas. Jojo Babas, you are getting a Kiramati, Kira Kiratamati aftershave and cologne from Phoenix Shaving. So keep an eye out on Instagram for a message from us, and uh, we'll get your address and send that out to you. Congratulations and if you're a fan of the show and you'd like to uh, support the show, um, you know, just want to throw a little something in our way for all the hard work we do producing these episodes, um, you could join us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash gentscofflaw, and you could become a patron. We have different tiers you can join that have different perks, and you'll get a free sticker too. Uh, anyone who joins at any tier gets a sticker. And if Patreon it doesn't tickle your fancy, you can... Uh, <laughs> Bias. us uh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Patreon doesn't he turn you on. You can tickle my fancy right, any.
0: <laughs> Patreon doesn't float your boat. <laughs> you can uh, join us on our shop page on gentlemen's click shop and you can get a t-shirt you can get a flask you can get a mug you can get all sorts of cool stuff just to sh- show your p- support you know maybe uh, have a mug at the office people go hey what are you drinking there what's that on your mug and you're like oh it's this cool podcast i like you should listen to it too and then also you can order like a bunch of stickers or like little little punk rock pins and you can hand it to them and be like hey put this on uh, your car, on your bumper. And, here's a uh, sticker. Here's a sticker for a show you've never heard, um, and hopefully you'll put it on your bumper. Alright, that's it for us this week. Um, we'll see you on social media, and uh, you guys are both gentlemen and scofflaws, my friends. Yeah, you're too. why
2: would you, just two birds with one stone Two birds there. with one you stone this I time. Do us individually? <laughs>
0: yeah, next time we're going to introduce you guys, I'll say, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan. All right. You guys <laughs> have a great week.
5: This has been the Gentleman's Scofflaw podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes
4: or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com.
0: Captain says there's ice on the river. We
4: ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise
1: and shine, we got
4: work to do. Hey!